When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious Lord, we give you thanks this day for your word. And we thank you for this opportunity to hear and receive what you have for us this day. So we pray that by your Holy Spirit, our hearts and our minds would be opened, that we would be able to receive, hear, even be challenged by your word this day. And gracious God, I pray that you would take these words of mine and that you would turn them from water into wine. Because God, you have said that you will use the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And so I pray that you will take these foolish words and that you will do a miracle with them here in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Happy New Year! Oh, oh you didn't realize it was the New Year? Yeah, no, I'm not talking December 31st. I'm talking the end of the Christian year. That's right. Here we are at the end of the Christian year. But we don't do a very good job of talking about that, do we? <laughs> this is Christ the King Sunday or the reign of Christ. Because next week is the beginning of the Christian year. Advent. Next week. So happy new year. <laughs> you all are so good. I'm telling you, this is a, such a good crew. 
So, as we come to the end of another year, as we normally might do around December 31st, what better time to be reminded of the things we have to plan for the things ahead? And why would we not choose to give thanks and celebrate Jesus? Jesus, our King, Jesus, the Christ. So here we are, Christ the King Sunday, and we're celebrating this King of ours, this King who is good, this King who desires our best, not a King who wants to hold us down or restrain us but one who wants us to live in freedom and victory. Kings are not something we're that familiar with, though. Let's be real. There are plenty of countries that still have kings, that still have that type of leadership where there is strict control over every little thing. You might even call them a dictator here or there. But over the years, over the centuries, there have been plenty of kings. Even in our Old Testament scriptures, good kings, not so good kings. In the time of Jesus, though we don't hear their names specifically in our text, in our New Testament, there are plenty of those Roman emperors who were ruling at that time because we, they found themselves as part of the Roman Empire. But but Paul makes sure that he speaks very clearly of Jesus our Lord, of Jesus Christ the King. You know, I'm sure that emperors, they, they wanted to be seen as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They even said that they were sons of the God. But especially with Paul, when he speaks of Jesus Christ, he is making sure that people hear in his letters that this Jesus, born in Nazareth, he was and is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he will call Jesus Christ because to be Christ is to be anointed. The anointed one set apart. Christ, the ruler of all. Think of that the next time those words roll off your tongue. Jesus Christ, not just the last name of Jesus, but calling Jesus Christ, the ruler of all. That is what we recognize, honor, and celebrate, especially on this day. I'm sure you've probably said it. Maybe, maybe those around you, maybe you've heard it. But how many of us have said, maybe even in, in recent months, oh, that Christ would come again. Oh, just come now, Lord, just come. Let's be done with all of this. But those prophets of old would be saying very loudly, Woe to you 
who desire the day of the Lord. Woe to you who desire Christ would just come already. Because while it will be a glorious sight, while not a person on this globe will miss the coming of the king surrounded by his angels, it will also be that day when the king will separate as a shepherd would sheep from the goats, where there will be a time of separating those who are righteous and those the unrighteous. That, that will be a hard day. That will be a very difficult day. Jesus talks here about what that day will be like. He has just finished talking about how, how in, in three other parables before that we don't know when that day will come, that we need to be ready, we need to watch and pay attention, but not even Jesus knows the day or the hour that God has determined he will return to the earth. And so he says, the king will come and will say to those on his right, come, all you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance that has been prepared for you since the beginning of the world because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And they will say, we did? When? When did we, when did we do those things for you? You'll say, any time you did it. For the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. For the least of these, my brothers and sisters. He didn't say you did it for those who are in a lower station in life. He didn't say you did it for the ones who can never seem to figure life out. He said, when you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, how many of us have found ourselves in those very places? To the goats, then, he says, you obviously don't know me very well. <laughs> you didn't care for me when I was in need. And they'll say, but when, but when? When was that? We never saw you. We didn't know it was you. He says, well, when you didn't do it, for the least of these, you did not do it for me. When we know this king, when we know our God, and know the very love and grace that God bestows upon us. When we recognize it and give thanks for it, doesn't it just well up within us? 
Isn't there just something about God's love? Just something about that name even. I heard it when you were singing that last song. There's just something about knowing God that wells up within us, that bubbles up within us to overflowing. It's when we know God, when we have that relationship and that understanding that it overflows within us. And and you can't tell me that you aren't doing and giving and caring for those that may be called the least of these brothers and sisters. Because I know that, that just, just to get started with the list, you know that we have uh, 12 different missions that we give to here within our congregation. We, we spread them out throughout the year and we give to them once a month. And you know that, that here in November we've been giving to the to the chaplain at the local prison, helping bring hope and light into some dark places. In December, we we give to the local women's shelter, a place where, where there is safety, where needs are cared for and met, and we're a part of that. We take part in in supporting the Yellow Ribbon Girls and the ministry that they provide to the military. You take part in that. We give to Tiger Paws and, and support their efforts within our community with our young people. You make that possible. We give to to Ken Wagner, who who is from this congregation and who is instrumental in ministry to to people who have come from China, just just down the road in Pittsburgh. We take part in helping feed people around the world through Stop Hunger Now, and, and those are just a few of the missions. We give to a general mission because we know that at any moment something might happen. There might be some devastating fire and an entire home and family might lose everything. But we're going to make sure that they know that they're cared for. How many of us, just because of who we are, find ourselves doing things just in our everyday that doesn't seem like much? And yet, to some, it means the world. Have you ever paid for the person behind you in the drive-thru? Just on Tuesday, um, we had staff meeting, and Pastor Allen had gone over to Dunkin' Donuts, because that's what we do, you know. And and he went through the drive-thru to get some donuts for the staff, for staff meeting. And he gets back, and he said, the person in front of me paid for these. That person didn't just bless him, he blessed all of us. It was a simple little thing. Just paying for this person behind you in the drive-thru. What have you done even, it probably doesn't even seem like it, but what have you done lately in your own work that has just been a little above or beyond? Or, or that something someone might say, Why do you bother to do that? It's not necessary. It may not be necessary, but for us who know 
the great love and grace of Jesus Christ, it is something that we choose to do, that we desire to do, because it, it makes a difference to the people experiencing or receiving that kindness. How many of our teachers are doing that right now, going a little above and beyond, making sure that whatever lesson they're teaching through that screen is getting through somehow? What about our healthcare workers? who used to wear one of those masks occasionally and now find themselves head to toe, caring, doing, taking that effort, making sure that, that others know that they are doing their best to make sure they are safe and protected. What about those who just go out of their way, bringing groceries to a neighbor, making the extra phone calls, finding themselves even within these walls, stuffing Thanksgiving letters. It may not seem like much, but it's the very thing that, that Christ our King will stand before us one day and say, when you did that, you did it for me. When you take an angel off that tree, One of the things that you did for them, Jesus says, you actually did for me. And so, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we want to recognize and make a day of it? Of recognizing who God is, what he created our Christ to be how we would understand that, that there is no ruler on this earth that will ever compare to Christ, our King Jesus. And when we recognize that, it cannot help but bubble up and overflow. So especially this week of Thanksgiving, we should be giving thanks. And while all of you cannot fit around my Thanksgiving table, I recognize that. If you were, once everything was on the table and we were all seated, my mother would then proclaim that we would go around and each one of us say what we're thankful for. So I'm not going to have us do that specifically but I am going to ask for a little crowd participation here. So when I, I'm, I'll give you plenty of time here. When I give the signal, I am going to invite us to participate in a chorus of thanksgiving and praise. So what is it that you this year, this day, are thanking God for? Do you have it? Do you know Okay, people on, on Facebook, you got to type it in the chat there too because I know you're with us. We haven't forgotten about you. So type it in there. What is it that you are giving thanks for? What is it that is welling up within you 
that you cannot help but give thanks. Are you ready? Do you have it? I know you're going to be good at this. You're so, 11 o'clock, they're really, they got, they got it. A chorus of thanksgiving. Ready? What are you thankful for? Yes. A chorus of thanksgiving and praise to Jesus, our King, Jesus, the Christ. And so, my brothers and sisters, whether you have found yourself to be among the least of these, needing and receiving that care, or you find yourselves actively caring for those around you, those brothers and sisters. Let us always remember the one that we do it for, whose glory we do it for. And so, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for your great love, for your grace that just bubbles up and overflows within us. And we thank you, God, that you continue to call us to look beyond ourselves. And as we do so, in our love and our care for others, we bring honor to you. And without even realizing it, find ourselves there among the righteous. So gracious God, we pray that we would continue to be challenged and continue to be found faithful in our love of you and of our neighbor. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.